good to see everyone here. If you're new here, welcome. My name's Tom. If you wouldn't mind, in the little seat in front of you, there's an orange card. If you'd fill that out and put your, your info, information on it, we can sell it to telemarketers, and they give us a kickback. So, so if you get strange phone calls this week, say yes, buy what you want, and then, no, just, we, we, we ask that you fill those out just so we could have information, contact you, um, just know that you visited us this morning, that you were here, so welcome if you are new here. A um, couple things, like Mara mentioned, right after service, we're having a, a family carry-in dinner, so that's going to happen right when we finish. If you want to stay, but you didn't bring anything, like Mara said, there's a little grocery store just down the road, Little Caesars Pizza's right around the corner. Run out, grab something, come back, and just join us. Bring whatever you want, Okay. And then Wednesday nights are going to be a good time. Wednesday nights are going to be a time just to, to, for us to get to know each other and, and build relationships. Again, the carry-in, we want to make it easy because we know people are working and, you know, you work and then you have to get off work and come. So you could just bring anything you want. If it means grabbing a packet of cookies from, from the store or running through and grabbing some Jimmy John chips, whatever. Just bring whatever you want. We just kind of do whatever happens at the table. We eat. If it's all desserts one night, great. If it's all steaks, smoked meat, pulled pork, that's really good. So, so, uh, so yeah, that's going to be a, a lot of fun. The one thing that I'm looking forward to, we have to try and schedule, is the skate night because I was an 80s kid, so I learned to backward skate and do all the cool stuff, and I think I probably still can do it. And we're going to, I'm hoping that we can do it like a 70s theme, you know, so for some of us, you're going to have to go to Goodwill and go look for some clothes for some of you, the rest of you, you can just look like maybe a few layers back in your, in your wardrobe and pick out what you have and, and we could have a good disco night. So, um, so, the, so the Wednesday nights are going to be a good time for the summer. So just plan to come. Okay. And anybody, anybody's welcome for that. So, so this morning I want to tell a story and the story, I think maybe somebody here has heard the story. And as we progress through the story, it may start to click. But for the most part, I would, I would assume that most people won't know some of the names. You may know some of the names in the story, but you won't know all the names. But the first person I want to talk about is a guy named Edward Kimball. This guy named Edward Kimball, here's his picture. He lived in the 1800s in Boston. And Edward was a Sunday school teacher of a church. And at one point, he got assigned to take a group of boys that were kind of really unruly. And he just kind of said, you, you know, you're going to, he was told you're going to take these, these few handful of boys and you're going to be their Sunday school teacher. And so Edward Kimball started a Sunday school class with these boys and, and these boys were rowdy. And there was one boy, the ringleader in the group, who was, he was there every Sunday because he was living with his uncle. And his uncle had told him, if you're going to come live with me and work in my, in my store, you will have to go to church on Sunday. So the only reason why this guy, this teenage kid, went to church was because he was being forced to go by his uncle because he needed a place to live. So this kid was unruly, and Edward Kimball thought that there was no hope for this kid. No hope at all. This was in the 1850s. And, and at one point, Edward Kimball believed that he was hearing from God to go track this kid down at the place where he worked and specifically tell this kid about Jesus. So, so just, just grab hold of the idea that Kimball felt like God had told him to go do this. 
So he, he stepped up and he, he went down and tracked this kid down and met this kid at the shoe store, which he was working and said, Hey, I want to have a conversation with you. And they, they went into the back room or the basement and he shared Jesus with this kid. And, and as a result of Kimball being faithful to what he believed God was telling him to do, this kid said yes to Jesus and became a Christian. Now this kid's name was D.L. Moody. Has anybody ever heard of D.L. Moody? D.L. Moody has Moody Bible Institute. He went on to, to preach to thousands and thousands, probably hundreds of thousands of people all over the world. And, and, and if you're ever, you know, as you hang out in church and you, 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 read, you read books, and you, the, the name Moody is going to be just top shelf for you. And, but it was a guy named Edward Kimball that nobody knows about who said, God, I'll go share Jesus with this unruly kid. You can't find Kimball's, like, Wikipedia page. There is not one. If you go look for Edward Kimball, the only reason why he's in the internet is because he's connected with D.L. Moody. And again, D.L. Moody went on to share Jesus with hundreds of thousands of people. So this morning, here's what we're going to do. We started last week in chapter 9 of Acts. So if you have your Bible or, or you know, a, a device, your phone, or whatever, you want to turn to Acts chapter 9. And what we did last week is we started in looking at the conversion of Saul, Saul and Paul being the same person. And we, we just saw how, how Saul was on this mission of life that he was sold out for, and how Jesus met him in a place on the road, and it changed Saul's world. And, and we just looked at how, how, how there's Saul's in our life that we can be praying for, there's, that we can be Saul's, and, and we're, we're not too far gone from Jesus coming and meeting us. And there's a place in God's family for everybody, even Saul. Saul was the, 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 the furthest man at, in, in his time that would have been thought would have said yes to Jesus. He was completely against Christians. He was killing Christians and trying to eradicate them off the face of the earth, and he was met by Jesus. So we, we met this guy, Saul, last week. And, and what I want to do today is I want to look at another character that we find in Acts chapter 9, and his name is Ananias. Now, Ananias in this, in this chapter is a guy who was a, was a simple follower of Jesus. He was a Christian. And God spoke to Ananias and said, I want you to go and meet this guy named Saul. Now, Ananias had not heard yet of the experience that Saul had with Jesus on the road. But Ananias did know of Saul's history and his reputation. And just like, just like Edward Kimball, we don't find a lot about Edward Kimball. We don't hear or read too much more in the Bible about Ananias. Except for when Saul gives his testimony a couple times, he says, this guy named Ananias came and prayed with me. And that's all we hear about this minor character in the Bible named Ananias. But as we know, Saul, who, who went on and, and was called Paul, went on to start the church that God wanted started and to lead hundreds and thousands of people to Jesus. And ultimately, the church today is as a, re, a result of, of some of the work that Saul did. And like, like D.L. Moody going and speaking and preaching to hundreds of thousands of people because of a, of, of a guy who said yes to God because God spoke to him named Edward Kimball. Now, the story of Edward Kimball doesn't stop with D.L. Moody. And, and here's, here's how it goes. D.L. Moody, again, went on to, to preach hundreds of, uh, to hundreds of thousands of people. And in his preaching, he became very popular, and he started making trips over to England. And while he was in England, there was a church that asked him to come speak. And then the pastor of the church actually didn't want him to come speak, but because the, the, the congregation of the church put pressure on the pastor, they let him come speak. And the pastor's name was F.B. Myers. And F.B. Myers was, was an intellectual. He was a scholarly man. And, he, and, and so he looked down at, 
at D.L. Moody because D.L. Moody wasn't even ordained as a preacher. He just was doing what God told him to do. And Moody came and preached at Myers Church, and something that Moody said in his message pierced the heart of Meyer. And F.B. Meyer had a spark, had an awakening in his life, and, and started preaching the gospel of Jesus and, and, and left behind some of the intellectual stuff that he was, he was running down to just preach the simple message of Jesus. And Moody and Meyer became really good friends. And as a result, Meyer then started making trips to the U.S. to preach with Moody. So one day while Meyer was preaching, he preached and he felt like God saying, there's somebody in here who God's given a very specific call to, and I want you to consider answering that call and saying yes. And there was a guy in the audience named John Wilbur Chapman who said yes to this call. And so John Wilbur Chapman took up this call to preach the gospel of Jesus and to live out what God was telling him to do and started preaching all over the country. And at one point, John Wilbur Chapman was preaching, and there was this professional baseball player that was standing there listening to him preach, and the baseball player said yes to Jesus. And his name was Billy Sunday. Now, we all know the name Billy Sunday if you live here in Warsaw, Winona Lake, because Billy Sunday actually lived out the rest of his life. He vacationed in Winona Lake, and then he he lived out the rest of his life right here in Winona Lake. Billy Sunday traveled with Chapman to the point where Chapman finally handed off the ministry to him, and Billy Sunday went on to preach to hundreds and hundreds and thousands and thousands of people who said yes to Jesus. And Billy Sunday was a fiery guy. He was really active and, you know, you know really had a lot of passion in his preaching. And one day he was down in the Carolinas preaching, and he's preaching, and this young man named Mordecai Ham said yes to Jesus because of Billy Sunday's preaching. Are you guys seeing these pictures come up? Mordecai Ham said yes to Jesus and became a preacher. Mordecai Ham, if you do some reading on him, he was a bigot. He was a racist. He was an anti-Semite. Is that how you would say it, anti-Semite? But he preached Jesus. So, he, so that gives us a lot of hope because we have a lot of stuff in us and we can still preach Jesus and God can still work it out. But Mordecai Ham became this traveling evangelist that went around and put up these big tents and preached Jesus. And people said yes to Jesus because of Mordecai Ham. And one time he was down in North Carolina and he's preaching in this tent and he's having this revival that's happening night after night after night. And these kids, these teenage boys had nothing better to do, so they thought they would go into the tent revival, listen to the service, and mock and make fun of and find, find, find um, stuff that they can pull out and make fun of. So this group of boys walked in, and they were greeted by an usher, and they were sat in the front row because, because there was, the place was packed. And Mordecai Ham preached his message, and at the end of the message, one of the boys said yes to Jesus, and his name was Billy Graham. Has anybody ever heard of Billy Graham? Yeah, we all have heard of Billy Graham, haven't we? Billy Graham has gone on to preach to some, I think it's like 215 million people face-to-face through his crusades in like 130, no, excuse me, 185 countries around the world. It says that he's preached to billions of people through, through TV and Internet and that sort of thing. And, of course, thousands and millions of, not mil- thousands, but millions of people have said yes to Jesus through the ministry of Billy Graham. And and the chain of ministry that has happened through all these men down through the course of a hundred and some odd years all started because this Sunday school teacher named Edward Kimball heard God say, go talk to that kid in the shoe store. And he was faithful 
to go do that. Isn't that pretty amazing? Isn't that chain of events pretty amazing? So this morning, just read with me what God says to a guy named Ananias. It's, it's about 10 verses. And so, so what has happened is Saul has been met on the road by Jesus. Saul got knocked down. The blinding light has blinded him. And he, he's now sitting in a, in, in a guy's house. And, and he's fasting and he's praying and he's waiting basically for his next move. And, and here's, here's what God does in verse 10. He says, it says, there was a believer in Damascus named Ananias and the Lord spoke to him in a vision calling Ananias. Yes, Lord, he replied. The Lord said, go over to Straight Street to the house of Judas. When you get there, ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul. He is praying to me right now. I have shown him in a vision of a man named Ananias coming in and laying hands on him so he could see again. But Lord, exclaimed Ananias, I've heard many people talk about the terrible things this man has done to believers in Jerusalem, and he is authorized by the leading priest to arrest everyone who calls upon your name. But the Lord said, go, for Saul is my chosen instrument to take my message to the Gentiles and to, and to kings, as well as to the people of Israel. And I will show him how much he must suffer for my sake. So Ananias went out and found Saul. He laid hands on him and said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared, you on the, uh, who appeared to you on the road has sent me so you might regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And instantly, something like scales fell from Saul's eyes. He regained his sight. Then he got up and was baptized. Afterwards, he ate some food, regained his strength, and regain the strength. And so here's, what, here's my hope this morning. My hope is that we can be encouraged that, that regardless of who you think you are, regardless of your position or your status in life, that God has a calling for you and that, and that you can make a difference in the world. You could be a history maker in the world based on your following God's leading in your life. And, and so, and so at, around branches, what we've done is we've, we've talked a lot about our mission statement. Mara mentioned it today, our mission statement, we want to love God, we want to love others, we want to make disciples. We preached for March, February and March, almost two months on how, how we, as followers of God, can, can love him. And we, used, we looked at the, the Lord's Prayer and how, how we can look at the Lord's Prayer and dig into that, into growing our relationship, our love relationship with the Father. This Wednesday night, when we start when we start in with Family Fun Night, that's kind of our way of, of trying to gather and build community and learn to love each other in, in the different walks of life that we come in. And so that, that's kind of our goal to, to love others is by doing things like Wednesday nights and, 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 and gathering community and life groups. And, and the next couple of weeks, what I want to do is I want to press into this idea of how do we make disciples? How do we make disciples? And, and, and this is a thing that can be come very scary for us. It could be like making disciples means going out and telling somebody about Jesus. And here's, here's, here's me. If I just say, I'm going to go tell somebody about Jesus, kind of cold turkey, I'm just going to walk up and say, hey, you ever heard that Jesus loves you? And just strike up a conversation with somebody. Here's the reality. I'm not going to do it. I'm, I just don't do it. I could tell myself I'm going to do it. I can, I can plan out that I'm going to do it. But if I just think I'm going to go do it, the reality is I don't do it. But the beauty of, 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 of our relationship with the Father is that we can ask God to guide us. He can speak to us and give us direction. And, and then he could go and, and, and pave the way for us in when we go to share Jesus with people. And we could, we could be a part of what he's already doing in the world to share Jesus with people. 
So, so this, this, this scripture here I want to talk about just and look at just how God does that and how we can be encouraged that we can go out and make disciples in this world and not have to do it cold turkey. Not have to just kind of step out and wonder, is this the guy I should talk to? Is this the guy I should talk to? But God will lead the way. Okay, so, so verse 10, here, here's the point I want to make, is that God uses everyday believers. It says that Ananias was a believer in Damascus, and God said, called to him Ananias. And, and, and the kind of the sharp point is that God knows us by name. There's seven, like seven billion people in this world, and God knows us by name. Jesus knew Saul by name. Jesus the Savior said, Saul, Saul. God the Father says to his believers, Tom and Dave and Joe and all you guys. If you're a believer of, of Jesus, God knows you by name. That's, that's an exciting and incredible thing to hold on to. And he calls everyday people. He speaks to everyday people. Prayer is not just me praying to God and telling him all my woes and what I need, but it's also him speaking to me. I'm not just giving a speech to God, a monologue to God, but I'm asking God, speak to me. Let's have a conversation here. And he talks to me, and he knows me by name. I have this friend who, when he prays for me, he'll, he'll always introduce me to God. He, hey, God, I want to pray for my friend Tom Deeks. And I'm thinking, God, you should know me by now. <laughs> and I'm thinking, How, why does he always introduce me to God? And then he explains to God all my, you know, what we're praying about. And it's like God knows me by name. As, we, as we've grown this church and this church has grown, I've tried to make it a point to kind of try to remember and learn everybody's name. And I'm terrible at it. You guys all know this. Most of you have been the recipients of me saying, do I know you? How do I know you? Tell me your name again. I'm just terrible at it. And I'm, and I'm thinking, there's only like 80 people in here and I can't remember everybody's name, but God knows our name. We have a girl in this church sitting right here named Mara. She's the one on the keyboards. Her name, how many of you guys struggled to, to remember her name as Mara? Judy, you waved your hand real fast. It took me a year and a half to learn Mara's name. We, we knew Dave and Mara from long before we, this church was ever planted. And I would say to Dave, hey, your wife, Myra. Mara. Uh, all kinds of things. So if you, if you meet Mara, she's going to tell you, hi, my name's Mara. It's like Sarah, but with an M, Mara. And she tries to give you a little way to connect on how to remember her name. There's somebody sitting in this room right now, Mara, who uses the Michael Scott. Anybody ever watch The Office? The Michael Scott name recognition, recognition process to remember Mara's name. This person, when he wants to make a comment about Mara or, or something, in order for him to remember Mara, he says, oh, you know the girl playing piano, a marijuana, Mara. So he's, he, he uses this recognition of the word marijuana, marijuana. It's actually marijuana, I think, but marijuana. And that's how he remembers her name. We're terrible at remembering names. But God remembers our name. God knows your name. God knows your name. He doesn't forget it, and he calls on you, and he calls everyday people. So, that, so that's the first part in verse 10 is God uses everyday people. Here's, here's the second part in, in verse 10. It gives our response. Here's our response. Yes, Lord. When God calls us, our response is Yes, Lord. In order for us to, to hear from God and to receive from God, we need to be able to recognize God's voice. And this may be the first point, of a starting point for many of us, is just learning to hear from God, learning to know how does God speak to me? What's, what's the voice that God uses to speak to me? And then our response is, yes, Lord. 
That could be the very first commitment that you make is that you start to pray and press in and, and say, God, speak to me, and then starting to learn to hear how God speaks to you. And then next week, we're going to talk a little bit more in depth about what that looks like, okay? Verse 20, am I? No, verse 13. God will give you your job description, okay? So he calls Ananias. Ananias, Ananias says, yes, Lord. And then God gives Ananias his job description in verse 13. Here's what he tells him. First, he tells him to move. He says, Ananias, go. Go, just move. He tells him to meet. Go find Saul. Here's where he is. Go meet Saul. And then he tells him to minister to Saul, to pray, to lay hands on him, to encourage him. And so here's here's the, the rest of the verse if you're looking at it. While God is giving Ananias his job description, God's also working on the other side of the fence and preparing Saul. He's saying, Ananias, go meet, minister to Saul. And I am, I, Saul is praying to me right now, and I'm giving him a vision of you coming. So God's preparing the way on both sides. That should be an exciting thing for when we think about going out and sharing the love of Jesus with the world is that we're not doing it all by ourselves. And we're not just walking up to somebody cold turkey. If we've heard from God and he's told us, this is the person I want you to go to speak to, or he's giving you a picture of a situation and you see the situation, God's already working on the back end to prepare that person to receive from what you're what, about what you're going to say. Just this week, I heard this story of a girl sitting, again, sitting in this room. I, I told her I wasn't going to say her name, okay? But her name's like, just to give a hint, it sounds like Shamilia Sh- Sh- Shallon. How's that? So Amelia's sitting right here in the front row. Next week, next week during the message, Amelia's going to come up and share. It's going to be really fun and really awesome. But, but I'm going to brag on Amelia, okay? Because Amelia claims that she hears from God, okay? So God's been speaking to Amelia. And Mary, Amelia was praying, and God brought to, to Amelia's mind a girl that she hasn't seen for about three years, and this girl's going through cancer. Am I pretty, pretty accurate on this? So she's going through cancer. The girl's lost her hair, has lost her eyebrows, God told Amelia to take a gift and go give it to this girl. And when she presented the gift to the girl, to tell the girl, God sees you as beautiful. And that was the message that God, is that correct? That, that God told Amelia to go share with a girl that she hasn't spoke to or seen in three years. And so Amelia took the gift and went and met the girl and says, I want to give you this gift. And I want to tell you that God sees you as beautiful. And this girl starts crying. And, and, and she, she shares with Amelia that just recently she was taking her makeup off her face. And as she wiped her, her eye, you know, she had, she had used makeup to create eyebrows. And she saw, you know, her face without hair. She looked in the mirror and just said, God, I don't feel beautiful. I just don't feel beautiful. And she was praying to God, God, I, I just don't feel beautiful. And then God used Amelia to come and say, God sees you as beautiful. To share a random message, Amelia had no idea to share. She just knew God told her to do this, but God was preparing the way on the other end for these two to meet and for there to be a connection so that this girl can, can receive the love of Jesus. And Amelia was faithful to walk through and do that. And I just thought that was a powerful story that ties in with what, um, with what we're looking at here in Acts. Now, here's what Ananias does. Ananias does what we all tend to do when God tells us to go do something. Out of fear, maybe out of, out of um, 
being timid about the situation, we tend to argue with God when he tells us something to do and tell God why what he's asking us to do isn't going to work. So here's what Ananias does. He says, Lord, I've heard many people talk about the terrible things this man has done to believers in Jerusalem. And he is authorized, he is authorized by the leading priest to arrest everyone who calls upon his name. He starts instructing God about how rough the situation is going to be that God's asking him to go do. How many of us do that? How many, have you ever heard from God and, and you start to say, no, I can't. That, that guy, that guy's got some clout. This guy, this guy, Saul, God, do you remember? This guy is killing followers of you. This guy has paperwork, extradition paperwork signed by the leading priest that says, if I find a Christian, I could put him in chains and drag them back to Jerusalem and get him back any means possible. God, you remember that this guy has that. Don't we do that? We start reasoning and, and questioning and saying, God, this ain't going to work. This isn't going to work. I remember a guy named Moses did that. God, you want me to go talk to Pharaoh? I'm a stutterer. I'm not a good leader. I don't, I'm not the guy for you. But here's, here's, here's the encouragement. When God speaks to you, he, he's chosen you to do the work that he, that he has to be done. He's specifically chosen you. That means he, he, he counts on you. That means he he's, believes you are equipped to do the job. That means he's going to walk with you while you do the job. And he's going to be with you. And he's going to prepare the way. It doesn't mean he says, hey, I want you to go out and conquer the world. And I'm going to leave you all alone. And, hey, good luck, by the way, Billy. Hope you make it, bro. No. God's equipping you. And, and you have what it takes to do the job that he's given you. And Ananias had what it takes to the, do the job what, he's, what God was calling him to do. So, so here's what God tells him. Ananias, go. And that's how our, our response should be, that our obedience should be swift. I don't think there's a problem when, when you think you hear from God to, to kind of go, okay, God, is this you? Is this really you talking? But once you know God's speaking to me, our obedience need to be swift. So, so at that point, Ananias gets up and he goes and he finds Saul and he delivers the message that God's told him to do. And this is what Ananias does. It says in verse 17 through 19, Ananias went out and found Saul. He laid hands on him and said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road has sent me so you might regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. I just want to look at how Saul ministered to, or how Ananias ministered to Saul because this, this is just a, could be a, an easy way for us when we're going to go speak to somebody that we can do. The first thing that, that, that Ananias did is he touched Saul. He said, he said, it says that he laid hands on him. You know, there's, when, when we pray for people, we will say, you know, can we, put our, can we lay hands on you? Can we just put an arm around you? The touch could just be something as, as, as much as a comforting, a, com, a comforting expression. It could, it, there's something about when you touch somebody and, and you just put your arm around somebody or grab them by the arm that, that lets them know that there's comfort you're, you're, you're a safe person. You're a friendly person. And so, and so Ananias does that. He puts his hand. Now, Saul's blind. So he's putting his arm around, it, around Saul and saying, hey, hey, brother Saul. So he, touch, he, he gives him a, a touch. The second thing he does is he welcomes, welcomes Saul. Ananias says, hey, brother Saul. Him saying, brother Saul, he's saying, I'm now equating you as part of the family of God that I'm a part of. You're, you're my brother. You're, 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 you and I are equals. I'm not here to, to look over you, to be under you. We're brothers. He, he welcomes him into the family. 
the, the, the next thing he does is he, he assures Saul. He says, he says, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road, he's saying that was the Savior. What you, what you saw, what you experienced was, was, was Jesus Christ, the, the, the Messiah that you as a Jew are waiting for. That was him. You, you have assurance that what took place in your life happened because God was meeting you. You can be assured that that was what was happening. And then the last thing he does is he prays for him. He prays for Saul, and Saul receives the Holy Spirit. As, as followers of Christ, when we say yes to Jesus and we pray and say, Jesus, come in, be the Savior of, the li- of my life, be the Lord of my life, we have the infilling of the Holy Spirit. God comes and lives within us to guide us and to comfort us and to direct us and to lead us. And, 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 and Saul, at that point, receives the Holy Spirit, comes into the family of God. And then we see very few words about Ananias in the rest of the Bible. Acts 22, Paul's given his testimony to a group of people saying, hey, I'm just like you. I was just like you. I had so much zeal. I, I was, I was, he, gives his, he gives his pedigree, and he says, but I met Jesus. And on the road, I met Jesus. And then I'm in this house, and then this, God sends this guy named Ananias to come and pray for me. And we don't hear much more about Ananias after that. He's a minor character in the Bible that God uses to, 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 to bring somebody into the family of God. And that person went on to do great things that we still read about 2,000 years later. And just like Edward Kimball, the, the, the Sunday school teacher who was just following God and, and believed God said, go and share with this guy and D.L. Moody. And then the chain of events. Here's, here's my challenge to us this morning. How are we choosing to be history makers? Or will you choose to be a history maker? Will you choose to be that person, regardless of where you're at, where you think you're at with God, your level of knowledge of the Bible, your prayer life? It doesn't matter. If you're a follower of God today, God will speak to you. You you have communication with the Father, and God wants to use you to go and share the love of Jesus with somebody that doesn't know it. We all have that assignment. It's, it's for all of us. And, and the comforting thing is we don't have to do it alone. You don't have to just go do it. I think a lot of times we don't share Jesus because we just feel like, I don't, I'm not equipped. I don't know what to do. And I'm going to go out there against this world and just get laughed at or mocked. The first step is having our relationship with God locked down, to having a love relationship and communication with God and speaking to God and learning to hear him speak to us and then learning to hear how he directs us, knowing that when he tells us to go out and do something, that he's paving the way, that he's calling you, that he's equipping you. Will you, will you choose to say, I, I want to be a history maker. I want to be somebody who's, who, who hears from God I want to be somebody who follows and does what God's asking me to do. I want to be somebody who steps into the stream of what God's doing in people's life and be a part of that. Would you, would you choose to do that? Because that's what I think the, the point of this message is. It's a great message of how, how you know, Saul regained his sight and he went on to preach to, to the world. But it's also a message to challenge us to say, God can use an, an everyday person like Ananias. He can use an everyday person like me. Or like you. And you have to say yes. It's a two-way street. You have to be willing to hear from God and say yes. So that's my challenge. Would you stand with me? This morning, here, here's, as, as we've had worship and, and, and communion, I think Brandon did a great job just encouraging us to, to, to be expectant of God.
And, and if you're new here, here's, we always end with what we call ministry time. And it's a time just to, if you need prayer for anything, to come up and receive prayer. We, we always feel like we want to provide an opportunity for, for those that are hurting, those that are in need, to, to talk to God and have God meet them. And so, so we just want you to come up and feel comfortable to come up. If you're a person, somebody, when we were praying this morning, somebody just had this sense that there's somebody in here that you feel like you've just had enough. Is that it? I've just had enough. Basically, you're just, you're about done. You're about done with, with church. You're about done with Jesus. You're about done with relationships. You just feel like, man, I've just had enough. It's been tough. And, and the prayer was, the, the encouragement was that to keep going. And the encouragement was to come forward, and if, if you're that person that, yeah, I just feel like I've just had enough, to come forward and, and just get, get encouraged, get prayed for. I, I, I sense there's some people that are hurting today. I know there's people that are hurting today. You, it's impossible that there's a group of people in here, and, and some of us aren't just aching in some way. So, so come get prayed. Ask God to comfort you, and people will pray for you. Um, I sense there's people that are in here that just, you, you're, you know... You know what's right to do, but you are just having a hard time making the right decisions. You, you, just, you, know, you know the path you need to walk down, but you just don't have the strength or the willpower to do that. And, and God, will, God will come alongside and encourage you in that. And, and come up during, during prayer and receive prayer. And, and the people up here, just, they're trained just to pray with you and just encourage you. And it's not weird. It's definitely not weird. So just feel comfortable for that. So here's how it works. We're going to finish with a, a final song of worship and during that time, you may see some people start to walk up here. When that song's ending, go ahead and feel comfortable just to come up and, and meet one of the persons sitting up here and, and, and just share your story, share, share what you've come up for, and they will pray with you. If you want to continue to worship once that song's in, this room is available for you just to, to sit or to stand or do whatever you want and just, and just in continued worship. And the rest of us will go out and we'll get ready to have potluck and, and enjoy each other's company, okay? So let me, let me pray for us, and then we'll... We'll, we'll finish with worship. So, so God, I, I, it, it speaks to me, the message of, of Ananias and, and, and Edward Kimball, just of how a simple person like me can, can hear from you and, and, and share your love with somebody in this world. So, God, my prayer is that you would continue to speak to me, that I would be open and, and hearing from you. And, and seeking to listen to you, not just to tell you my problems. Lord, would you, would you be speaking into the hearts of each person in here and, and encouraging them that, that you want to use them to do your work here on earth. You want to use them as your children to share the love of Jesus with somebody who needs to hear it. And would you have each one of us to, to just be right now as we're praying, just committing in our hearts that, yeah, God, I want to I start hearing from you. I want to hear from you. I want, I want you to be speaking to me. And God, we know you're faithful. So Lord, would you start speaking to us through this week? Would you start giving us pictures in our mind or, or, or senses in our heart or through your word, sharing with us situations that we can start to understand how you speak to us and we can start to be faithful to go out and, and, and share your love and make disciples in this world. So God, we, we thank you that you love us. We thank you that you... You equip us and you look at us in such a way that, that you count on us to be a part of what you're doing in this world. God, I pray for those that are in here right now that are, are hurting. Those that just are facing struggles through this week 
are just feeling pain of loss, are, are, are feeling physical pain, God, would you give them the encouragement to come and be comforted this morning? Don't let them walk out of here. Have them just with, with whatever intestinal fortitude that they have to be able to say, I'm going I'm to at least walk up and then see what happens. And God, we know you're faithful to, to love and encourage those that, that ask for that. So Lord, would you heal this morning? Would you heal physically? Would you heal emotionally? Would you heal spiritually? In any way that, that takes place this morning, would you heal? And we give you the praise, Lord. It's all about you. It's always about you. In Jesus' name, amen.